Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues the message entitled, Winning the Battle Through Worship. This message was taught at the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick began the message by giving an encouraging word to the young people who were at the service that had just come back from youth camp. Then he gave a health update and read his text, taken from 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 7 through 17. On this broadcast, he finished reading his text and then told a familiar story about a workout session with a former Marine. Then he brings us two of eight things we need to know in the midst of the battle. And now, here's Brother Rick. Bethel means an encounter with God. Gilgal means a cutting away of the flesh. And Mizpah means an honor to covenant. Every day of our life, we need to encounter God. Circumcise the flesh away from us. (laughs) And walk in a covenant with him. Not just a one-time commitment, but an everyday covenant. And he returned to Ramah. And there at his house, he judged Israel and built an altar to the Lord. Well, I feel like I can sit down now and rejoice for an hour, don't you? Let's pray. Father, I just pray your presence would accompany your word through my life today. I submit myself to you. Let your anointing rest upon me as I preach the word you've given me. And God, I just pray that you will touch your people. Give us ears to hear and understanding hearts and obedient wills. That we may receive your word with gladness, that it may bring forth fruit to your kingdom and glory to your name. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray and everyone in agreement together said, Amen. How many of you are in the midst of a battle? Would you just hold up your hand? You don't have to tell me what it is. Well, I'm in the right place. I want you to take a pen, and if you've got a blank page in your Bible, I never did understand why they put them in there for years, and then I realized it's for me to fill in some stuff. So I want you to write in your Bible so you don't lose this. Why, Brother Rick? Because you're going to have other battles. I've had people to stand up right in the pulpit and lie and tell people, you give your life to Jesus, you'll never have another struggle. These two words for that, stupid. Let me explain to you that you're not going to be immune from problems. What you're going to have is a partner in the midst of them. You're going to have struggles. Life is not easy. It's hard. It's difficult many times. And we're going to go through things. Sometimes he's going to deliver. Sometimes he's going to deliver us through them. But you're going to have battles. And the battles are necessary to strengthen you. I said the battles are necessary to strengthen you. You really believe that? Yes, I believe that. Years ago, in a moment of temporary insanity, I consented to work out with a former Marine. Not one of my smarter decisions. This guy did hand-to-hand combat. They dropped him down into the enemy's camp on a rope, brother. (laughs) Oh, and that dude was bad to the bone. And I went to work out with him, and I looked similar to what I do now, except a little bigger. And he laid down on a bench, 
And his workshop looked like Fred Flintstone, Jim. He had buckets full of concrete hooked to pulleys. I mean, it wasn't any high tech, nothing. And the only thing I could recognize was a bench and barbells and weights. And he put 230 pounds on that and lifted it 30 times. And when he laid down, his breathing scared me because he just started going. <laughs> I'm like, hey, brother, what's, what's wrong with you? And then boom, boom. And when he started lifting, all of his belly went up in his chest. It looked like a bag full of doorknobs. And I thought to myself, my Lord, have mercy, Jesus. And then he looked at me and said, your turn. He had no idea what he's talking about. I laid down. I breathed like that a couple times. My head got light. I almost hyperventilated. I almost fell off the bench. I grabbed that weight, and it didn't go anywhere. Neither did my stomach stay where it had been my entire life. There was no migration north. There was nothing. Then he looked at me and said, what? Up to that point, I've been the stupidest herd. He said, is this a little too much for you? And I said, that's one way of putting it. He took it off. I tried again. No success. He took off more weights. <laughs> he took off more. Have y'all heard of a 90-pound weekly? He got down to 90 pounds. I could tell by the expression on his face that he was thinking, there's women that can lift this. I started lifting 90 pounds. There's one thing to lift 90 pounds once. It's a whole lift 30 times. Somewhere in the process of lifting it, my arms started talking. I never even knew they had a voice. They started saying stuff like, what are you doing, you idiot? Put that down. We are tired. They started knotting up. I could see the weight coming at my neck. I could already see my funeral. He was people, bless his heart. He got choked to death by a barbell. Some moron thought he could lift this. And, and I lifted until, I'm not kidding you children, I wanted to scratch my face, but it had to be like this. And then I wanted to go home. That's the only desire I had was to get out of there, never to return. And he put me on concrete until I was killed. He said, that's probably enough for today. I'm thinking that was enough 40 minutes ago. I shouldn't even be here. And then he looked in the car window and said the ultimate stupid thing that I have ever heard in my life. He said, you're stronger now. While I'm lifting my hand up on the steering wheel, this moron says to me, you're stronger now. Then he says this, I'll see you day after tomorrow, which was the ultimate crazy thing he had ever said because I was never coming back ever as long as I could breathe and had two living brain cells waving at each other. I was not returning. And then he winked at me and said, if you want to comb your hair again, and I'm like, what? See, he knew what the next morning was. I wasn't quite hip to it. The next morning, children, I thought I was in pain. I'm trying to get ready for work. Brush. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm going to have to go back. Just to get, it's not to get stronger. I just need to be able to function. And in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit spoke this word to me. It's in your weakness my strength is made perfect. You do not know the strength of God until you deplete your own strength. 
Are you hearing me? So it's very important to realize the test is to develop you, not to expose you. Mm-mm-mm. Say amen. That was a better point in your amen. Now, I'm going to give you eight things you need to know in the midst of the battle. You said you're in one. Write it down because this won't be your last one. And you're going to need this. Don't write your notes on a Kleenex, blow your nose, and lose your message. This is important what I'm sharing with you this morning. Write it on something you intend to keep. Number one, in the midst of your struggle, fear God, not man. See, when the doctor told me, you're not going to get better, how many of you know the devil started trying to torment me with fear immediately? Are you hearing me? How many of you know fear is his number one weapon? You don't need to fear him. You don't need to fear men. They're practicing. Are you hearing me? (laughs) They're practicing. Did you know the Bible says 365 times fear not? That's not a coincidence, by the way. Every day, God doesn't want you walking in fear. Second Timothy 1.7 said, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if you have a sound mind, you're not supposed to be walking in fear. <clears throat> so if you're walking in fear, figure it out for yourself. Your mind is not sound. Neither is your walk with the Lord. Don't fear man. Fear God. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is the, say it loud, beginning of wisdom. Brother Rick, do you fear God? Absolutely. Why? Because he holds my next breath in his hands. I'm not fear as in dread. The real definition of fear here is fear of awe. Never getting quite used to how great he is. I told Brother Owen, we sitting over here a while ago, I got saved 44 years ago today, but I ain't got over it. That's why I cry. Amen. <laughs> hey how many of you cry when you think about him saved? Lord have mercy. I know that I've got a proclivity to cry. I cry when they open a new Dollar General store. Don't take much to get me crying. But I'm so thankful to be born again. I'm so thankful for his mercy and his grace. I'm thankful to see him still working. Friday afternoon at 6.45, August 5th, I joined hands with two boys in a drug rehab center, and they gave their life to Jesus. And I told them, yeah, let's don't patty cake. Give them a real hand. Amen. And I told them, write down that bloodline. Things would never be the same. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You don't need to care what everybody and their grandma thinks. Because most of them ain't thinking to start with. You wouldn't care what people thought about you if you realized how little they actually did. I don't fear what people say. I fear what God knows. Number two. Cry out to the Lord. (laughs) I said, cry out to the Lord. They said to Samuel, don't cease crying out to the Lord. I can tell when people pray how often they really pray. Because when they stand up in a public setting and they start this stuff, oh God that dwells among the cherubims and the seraphims. I know then that brother hardly ever prays. 
Because if you really pray, you ain't got time for cherubims and seraphim. Because when you really pray, it's reduced down to one word. Help! 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 (laughs) See, your kids don't do that. They don't come in and say, oh, gracious father. They cut right to the chase. We need some money. Help. (laughs) We need you to sign this paper so we can get back in school. Help. I got grandchildren now. You got grandchildren? How many's got grandchildren? That's a reward for not killing your kids when you were contemplating. (laughs) If you won't kill your youngins, you get grandyoungins. It's wonderful, ain't it? My granddaughter come in the other day and she said, look here, Papa. And I said, what is it? She said, I got 72 quarters. I said, where'd you get them? She said, in that dish over there. I said, that's "That's my dish. That's my quarters. She said, not anymore. (laughs) You talking about boldness. She knows I love her. (laughs) And she's not afraid to ask me for this. And I always tell her, take your portion, but remember, you got a mama and a grandma, they're going to want their cut. (laughs) Y'all catching my drift here? Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitful life.org. Thanks for listening.